Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week, we are concluding our discussion of the importance of knowing the hope inspired by God's call. We've been called to become his sons and daughters through faith in Jesus, and that call gives us a hope. We're focusing on the hope we have through the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The rightful king of earth is about to return. He's going to take control of the kingdoms of this world, make them his own, and restore this earth to a fit forever home for God and his family. We will live on earth forever, earth made new, reunited with our physical body, raised from the dead, made immortal and incorruptible, and we will fulfill God's purpose in creating us by developing God-glorifying cultures and civilizations that fully satisfy us and bless our fellow man and bring glory to God. Everything we do and say will be fully, fully glorifying to him. Now, those are whole lessons for another day, but friends, we have such hope. You may say, I never achieved what I thought I would achieve in this life. No one does. It's the nature of a fallen world. But we get a do-over on the new earth. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, those gifts and talents that have gone pretty much unutilized because of the way life has turned out, you'll get to use them for the glory of God in the life to come. Whole lessons for another another day. But let me just bring this week's discussion to a close. We're seeing increasingly challenging times on this earth. Our own country, there's all kinds of unrest, civil discord, uh, political unrest, strife, lawlessness, immorality, unrighteousness, injustice, and it's only going to get worse. And you need to understand what's going on. Um, the devil is seeking to hold on to the control of the kingdoms of this world. Don't have time to repeat how I can make that statement. We set it up earlier in the week. But in the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation, uh, we get a lot of information about world conditions when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back to earth. And one of the things we're told is that the devil is going to offer a counterfeit of Jesus to the world. An antichrist. Anti can mean against, but it also means in place of. The devil is going to offer a world leader who has supernatural powers given to him by the devil in an attempt to get men to worship him and reject the rightful king, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he comes back to this earth. Now, we left off yesterday saying we we need to take this information out of the freaky realm because when somebody like me starts talking about the Antichrist, it immediately leads to, you know, images of the dragon, the mark of the beast, 666, and so on and so forth because that's the language the scripture uses. But you have to understand that language is what is called apocalyptic or symbolic. They're describing real events but they're talking in in terms that were understandable in the times that they wrote. The prophet Daniel was a 6th century B.C. man, 
and the Apostle John was a first century A.D. man, and they were writing about 21st century life, technology, government, and warfare. They simply didn't have the words to describe a civilization that has jets that can, can cross the ocean in a matter of hours or that has satellites that make it possible for us to call people on the other side of the world by simply punching in some numbers uh, uh, on a handheld mobile device. They had no words to describe nuclear or chemical or biological warfare, so they used this symbolic language. Um, you have to understand the conditions that they were describing, even though the language is freaky to us, they were describing conditions that will be a natural progression of events in this world. It's the direction the world is moving. Those conditions are developing now and they're going to increasingly affect our lives. The world is moving toward and will continue to move toward a global government presided over by a messianic figure. That's what these symbols, uh, for lack of a better word, these freaky words describe. A global government presided over by a messianic figure. And see, increasingly, we hear of global problems that the world community has to come together to address. Climate change, terrorism, income inequality. You know, think about it. If you're older than 40, those terms were not used even 20 years ago. The idea that we're a global community that has to come together to deal with all this stuff, that has been injected into uh, the culture increasingly in recent years. And part of that is that America must decline and get on board with this move toward globalization. We should have open borders and surrender our sovereignty to world organizations. No one talked like that 20 years ago or 25 years ago or 30 years ago. Um, but we have a whole generation of young people that have grown up hearing that, and that's their view of reality. So when a World War II vet gets angry when somebody talks about open borders, a millennial can't understand it because their mind has been shaped by these conditions developing that are setting the stage for the final world government and this final world ruler. Men in the Bible were given this information thousands of years ago, written down to help us understand what's going on. See, part of the political discord in our country you need to understand this. It really isn't coming out of who's a Democrat and who's a Republican. It's coming out of this move toward globalization, those who want it and those who don't want it. Now, that's a subject for another day. But we referenced Matthew 24 earlier in this series. Jesus' disciples asked him questions about what signs will indicate his return is near, and he gave a lot of information. He stated that not only will there be great ethnic strife, and it's all over the world now, friends. We're, well, there's always been ethnic strife, but remember we said those conditions are like birth pangs. They get harsher and harsher and closer together and more frequent as the birth of this new age, this new earth nears. Not only will there be great ethnic strife, this period is going to be marked by deception, religious deception, and an explosion of lawlessness. 
verses Matthew 24, 11 and 12. Let me read it. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. And as lawlessness spreads, men's love for one another will grow cold. Through the counterculture revolution of the 60s, many societal restraints were were removed, not just here in America, but around the world, and lawlessness inundated society. Deception came in with it. Deception and lawlessness inundated society from the 60s down to today. Deception in the form of rejecting objective truth. People aren't walking around like zombies. By deception, I mean rejecting objective truth. Truth has become whatever I feel it to be. I I was watching something on TV the other day, and these five ladies were sitting there talking, and each one said, well, this is my truth. And the other one said, well, that's my truth. There's no such thing as my truth. There is the truth. It's an objective standard outside of ourselves. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who reveals God and the written word of God which reveals the living God who is the truth. But people don't think like that anymore. Truth is whatever I feel it to be, whatever I think it to be, it's my truth. That's deception, friends. Lawlessness, we think of lawlessness as sort of a Mad Max scenario where roving gangs are riding around uh, destroying things, but lawlessness in the form of rejecting authority is what has inundated us. Respect for authority has been replaced by, I don't have to if I don't feel like it. Respect for our elders is gone. Respect for social decorum is gone. See, that's all lawlessness. And through technology like computers and the Internet, misinformation, deception, and disrespect are disseminated worldwide in a matter of seconds. Now, those are lessons for another day. But as the world increasingly abandons God and their moral obligations to obey him, behavior is going to become more vile and decisions more reprobate, making life increasingly challenging for those of us who live here. Now, the first generation's of Christians did not know that the Lord's return was over 2,000 years away. They expected to see his coming and all the accompanying challenges that you and I are actually seeing. Let's close this portion of our study by looking at how they responded and advised other Christians to deal with whatever came their way. The Apostle Paul told believers that the days leading up to Jesus' return will be perilous or fierce because of the behavior of people, but God is faithful. He will preserve his own. The spirit of Antichrist working through people stirred up persecution against Paul, but his testimony was, the Lord delivered me out of all of it. When Paul faced death as a martyr, his testimony was, the Lord will deliver and preserve me for the life to come. His last words to his son in the faith, Timothy, was, wicked men are going to get worse and worse, but continue in the word of God, because God's word is our protection against deception. Peter wrote to believers, but the end and the culmination of all things is now come near. Keep sound-minded and self-restrained and alert, therefore, um, for the practice of prayer. Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Peter said, keep walking in love. Be sober, be sound-minded, be self-respained. 
restrain, walk in love. One of the main points we've made in this series is don't get into strife with others over non-moral temporal issues such as politics. Even if you think their candidate is an immoral scumbag, don't fight with people over over it. Remember what is most important, that we show Jesus to the world around us so men and women can come to salvation from sin. That's more important than which candidate wins an election. Satan is our enemy, not people with opposing viewpoints. The devil is working to keep people from coming into the kingdom of God through Christ. Don't help him do it. Help people see Jesus. This doesn't mean we have to agree with everyone and sing Kumbaya. It means we need to remember that Jesus died for those with whom we disagree. Until they take their last breath, there's hope for them. Friends, the rightful king's about to return, and that's our hope. Amen. You've been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, Knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is one 739 66 19.